Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, Nikki C, and welcome to another episode of Life Got in the Way, a podcast that is dedicated to growing, learning, and achieving our lifelong goals. Today's special guest is Dr. Mobley. Dr. Mobley is a rarity, a female veterinarian who went from the inner city to the CEO's inner circle. She's also a speaker and coach who is frequently sought after to discuss her incredible journey from the Bronx to the boardroom. Information about pets as well as her very own principles for career and life success. Many people at Fortune 500 companies, nonprofits, and other organizations have benefited from Dr. Mobley's fundamentals, which she applied throughout her life and during her illustrious career. Dr. Mobley shared her expertise as a former executive and certified coach, where she was featured on weekly New York City radio show. During her time on the air, she helped people find solutions to the wide-ranging issues that impacted their careers and personal lives. Dr. Mobley uses her uniquely blended company, Daphne Mobley LLC, as a platform to provide information about pets as well as services that support people in their quest to achieve their true passions, jump over the hurdles that are in their paths, and become empowered to reach their goals. All right, everyone, you guys ready to learn more about Dr. Mobley? Let's go. Life got in the way, got distracted by the day-to-day. Life got in the way, but now I'm getting back to dreaming. Why, thank you, Nikki. I am great. I am great. And you? I'm doing well. I'm enjoying the the nice weather. And, uh, you know, the sun is out today. So that's exciting. Or at least on my side of yeah. the world it is. Yeah, because <laughs> it was out here outside of New York, but it's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, all right. So this, um, thank you again for um, taking the time to come out on the podcast. And this podcast is all about how life got in the way, um, how, you know, we, we want to em- empower and inspire um, all the people, all the listeners where we can. And so one of the ways to empower, empower and inspire people is to hear the stories of others and their life journeys. So tell us a little bit how your journey um, started. Wow. So I am... Um... I am from the South Bronx and I started off and I was afraid of animals because my mother was afraid of animals and one day my aunt said you know what I'm not putting my dogs in the basement anymore you got to get used to Taddy and Zinky. I love those names. Yeah I know I was like you don't hear those names at all (laughs) 
and I got used to the dogs and it was like a snowball effect and that was kind of my you know entry into the curiosity my curiosity about animals so from the time I was 11 I was certain that I wanted to become a veterinarian so I set my sights on you know going to Cornell trying to get into a great high school and um, you know I fortunately was able to do that except I didn't go to Cornell I didn't get in there I got into another veterinary school in Florida and went there okay all right so for the listeners out there you are the first veterinarian for all my uh I know I have a lot of animal lovers uh who listen so I know this is an exciting time for them because um, animals are dear near and dear to all of our hearts and um so it's, yes, it's kind of absolutely it's cool that uh that you had the um the family member who was just like no not putting my dogs away anymore you just gotta figure this out <laughs> That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was Aunt Loretta. That was Aunt Loretta. <laughs> Every, mm-hmm. Everybody needs an Aunt Loretta in, in the world. Um, every, your, your connection with with animals, they always start when you're so young, right? That's one of the things that I love. A- absolutely. 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 Even though I have seen some, some people, you know, one of the, and I'm sure we'll get into it later, that I've seen their, their what they feel about animals change as time went on in their lives. Mm, interesting. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've uh, had family members who are like deathly afraid of animals. So um, mm-hmm. some like cats mm-hmm. and things like that. I'm highly yes. allergic to cats. So I wish that I could have them, but they, I can't. <laughs> if I want to survive. Oh. Yes. I'm highly allergic. Mm-hmm. So it's just not going to, okay. it's not okay. something that's going to work out for me, but that's Okay. So you went to, you didn't get into the school of choice, but you got into the right school. So that's um, it. That's it. The right school. The right Mm -hmm. school. Sometimes what we want for ourselves is not the path that is set for us. And it's not the right path. And you're right where you were supposed to be. Right. That's it. That's what it's about. You know, being open to still, you still achieve your goal. Mm -hmm. Um, You just achieve it a different way or at a different location. And I ended up loving it down there. I mean, I absolutely loved going to the University of Florida. Nice. Oh, yeah. It sounds beautiful weather and, you know, animals, all kinds of animals. So speaking of all kinds of animals, since you were down south, were there any Uh animals that were just like out there? Like you've never you never thought as a veterinarian you would be doing this or or seeing this type of animal. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. um, Well, look. As I said, I'm a, uh, I am a New York City girl from the South Bronx. Mm-hmm. So my whole world was just dogs and cats. <laughs> but when you're in veterinary school, you have to deal with the cows. You have to deal with the horses. You have to deal with the exotic animals, which includes snakes. So we had to be trained in all of that. So, um, you know, dealing with the snakes was a little bit scary for me. If I knew they could kill me, I didn't mind. If they didn't kill me, mm-hmm. you know, if they weren't like poisonous or like they could garden wrap around your neck and kill you. But, um, you know, um, and so cows really weren't my thing, especially at like 4 and 5 a.m. You're dealing with these dairy cows. Um, so, yes, I had to be exposed. And I was terrified of horses. Oh, wow. But then I had to get used to them there because I had to deal with sick horses while I was in school. So, yeah, I had and... There was a mandrel, 
when I was on the zoo and wildlife rotation, there was a mandrel. Those are the males have the really colorful. It looks like their faces are painted red, white, blue, just mm. all these beautiful colors. And my professor had darted the monkey. It took about four or five tries. And then he told me to go in the cage. And this was at a zoo. Told me to go in the cage and check that the monkey was knocked out. <laughs> me. I was a little scared. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> but... They were like, you're a trained professional. Not in this training. Right, right. So I think he did a little bit of hazing that day, too. So <laughs> let's, see if, let's see if she can really cut it. Go out there and check right, right. if this <laughs> big giant animal is uh, asleep or not. <laughs> He's really That's right. Out. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you had to, it seems like you had to overcome some fears, you know, with the fear of uh, horses and things like that. And of course, a lot of people have fear of snakes. So that's definitely understandable. What for you, Mm -hmm. what was the hardest part about um, even when you were just going to become a veterinarian? What what was the hardest part about that journey for you? Wow. The the intensity, the the intensity of studying. I mean, all my life I studied. But as you go through, I mean, you know, I thought my high school was tough, but it wasn't very, very hard to me, even though it was a specialized science school. It was also college. Cornell then became the one that was like, oh, my gosh, how, you know, this is hard. Mm-hmm. But veterinary school, the amount of studying and retention that was required for, you know, all the classes was beyond um anything I ever thought in my life and and I was afraid concerned because I also didn't want to repeat the year mm. um you know there were some students along the way who had to repeat their first year of veterinary school and so that was a fear in the back of my mind as well so I wanted to make sure that I overdid it I think that's what I kind of do when I don't know something I kind of over over um study or over prepare for things mm. yes i always heard um i don't know if it was like the myth that went around that that veterinary school was actually for some people they felt like it was even harder than med school because of just the intents of everything you have to know um y- yes mm-hmm. i can only because mm-hmm. i had friends that were going to um in college years you know they were interested in studying and going for veterinary medicine, and then, you know, gear switched. <laughs> it was just like, you know, yes, now yes. I think I'm just going to do this. <laughs> this right over here is just too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think it's even a, more difficult in the sense that there are fewer veterinary colleges. There may be about 28 veterinary schools in the U.S., yeah, and that's to... why a lot of people may go overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was at Purdue um, for my Shout out to the Boilermakers uh, for undergrad, and we had a vet school, so that yeah, yes, right, yes, produce one, right. It was a big thing mm-hmm. out there, so uh, scary, scary. Uh, I would be probably scary. I think scary test, like you said, to be overstudying. I'm probably like, you know, this is just not, it's not it. I'm probably close my book, <laughs> and it's like, uh-huh. you know, I'm just gonna just love animals. <laughs> that's what I'm. I spend my time yeah. just loving on them. <laughs> Right, right. And that's not a bad, bad deal either, right? Yeah, speaking of love mm-hmm. and animals. So now you you are you have this um you've talked about in your in your bio, 
you've been around these uh, these big corporations, CEOs, and in the boardroom of Fortune 500 companies, and you combine your you know your connection and your experience with animals with others. How how are some of the ways that you have kind of helped other um, organizations? continue their um, animal wellness and, and learning and growing in their fields um, in connection mm-hmm. to animals as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a couple of different things. When I um, left corporate America, one of the things I love, when I was in corporate America, one of the things I did was mentor a lot of people. I was, um, I had a number of mentors and I felt that if some, there were a lot of people who approached me and asked me, how did you move up the ladder? How did you do this? How did you do that? So I loved mentoring people. And so I would speak about that. I I love motivational speaking, inspiring people to go for the career they want to go for or how to move up the the corporate ladder. Um, Then that's what I started doing at first. And then um, my mother, her, her, her mental health declined. So she had, um, dementia really, really badly and, um, bad. And, and so going through that and seeing how the people in the nursing home that I eventually had to put her in would light up when they saw my dogs come in. It was just amazing. I had these people wheeling over so quickly that, you know, when they saw me walk into the facility, they'd smile and look at me and then they'd smile, really smile when they saw my dog to my left. Now, Sundays was my day dedicated to just one-on-one with mom. I would feed her. So on Sundays, if they saw me looked up and then looked down, they would just quickly frown and like, where's Molly? They're like, or where's Pappy? They'd be upset. So I saw this connection and started to learn more and more about it and observe it more and more and how much things have changed in terms of um, animals impacting people's lives, helping them come through challenges, replace the um, children who have gone on to college and left the home, um, become the husband or the wife who's no longer there, who's become the friend of a child who was friendless. So many different things that I've observed and how pets have gone in to fill those voids and that's what I've been talking and and writing about more it's very interesting when you know a lot of people don't you know you think uh when you just think of pets you just kind of put them in their own little category but just the idea that the they they are so important um that the emotional uh connection yes uh how do you feel how was what was your emotional connection with um uh, once you made that discovery with uh, P- Pappy and Molly, is that is that a yes. uh-huh. mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. was uh, one of the things that um, beyond the with the people in the nursing home? What were some of the ways that you found Molly and and Pappy to kind of connect with others? If that makes sense. Um. Okay. So let me start with Pappy because I had him first. Every morning we we had our walk and along the way we would pass a bus stop. So these kids were in middle school and high school. And they used to light up when they saw Pappy coming because Pappy had this way of um he had this way of jumping up just enough, just to right here, to gently 
lick them, right? Just about, you know, just enough to jump up and lick them. And he even sometimes tried to get on the bus with them and they'd get a kick out of that. So, um, you know, those are the kinds of things that, you know, Pappy would do or, or people would just kind of wonder, what kind of dog is that? You know, just come up and start petting him or Molly. They look kind of similar, actually. So, um, you know, and, and Molly's very attentive and likes just going over to people. And right away, she she's, she's very much a licker. So if someone tries to pick her up or, you know, come down, she tries to just lick their whole face off. So, you know, it's the way that they, they touch these people and, um, you know, just get them to laugh or smile as they're being licked, actually laugh as they're being licked to death. <laughs> yeah, so you just got to love, it's just animals are so, so therapeutic in their own way. And there's so many different personalities. What was one of the yes. craziest personalities that you just encountered with an animal that you've had to uh, kind of interact with? Um, whether in the, hmm. whether it's someone else's animal or when you were doing the vet um, working in, in in the office or yeah oh wow um, well it, it, it may not be so much it's the personality because what I loved it is that all of these dogs and cats had their own energies and mm-hmm. and they were all positive unless they have been abused this is there oh, were a f- yeah. you know a few you know abuse changes the spirit of an animal and that has to be kind of you know um handled by giving injecting a lot of love mm-hmm. but i think um really it's not the personality it's more so you could see the impact and the connection between the people and say their dogs, dogs more so. So mm-hmm. let me give you an example. There were two clients, one client who came in one day and he had on a black t-shirt and, you know, it's kind of had like cream coloring, uh, a cl- you know, around the collar. And then he had on black pants and he had on black Converse sneakers. His dog was a female, a little small, smaller breed, smaller breed, cross, um, cross breed. She had on a black dress that had a a cream collar and little, little Converse, baby Converse on all four paws, okay? So you can see that I said, oh, are you two uh, dressed alike? He said, yes. I said, I I can see it. You're matching from head to toe. Then another client, she had on a, a, a fedora and the dog had on the same hat and the dog had it. on a pretty pink dress with ruffles around it and a pearl necklace so I mean it's just it was it's nothing about personality that I can identify but more so the degree to which they you know did the matching outfits and the extent that they went to match you know um especially with the pearls Mm -hmm. um was pretty phenomenal to see yeah you it really shows the that connection that people really have with their animals is on another level Right. Uh, so much. it's changed over time mm-hmm. since I was little, you know, dogs were relegated to the backyards yeah. or basements, yeah. right? Like right. Taddy and Dinkin. Yeah, you get a, a, a long chain or something and, and they and they were guard That's dogs right. and they were... That's right. watered them, you, you, they watched the house and sometimes you went out right. and pet them and it was a weird time. Right. <laughs> that, that, how we saw pets is completely different. Yes. From, yes. And know. now, right. 
And now they go everywhere. You see them hanging out people's windows in their laps, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on vacation, you know, with these doggy hotels, just so much. You look at, at the care and the changes and the amount of money that people are spending on their pets. Um, their love shows through their expenditures as well. Yeah, it's just like like you like you talked about um, that that healing power, you know. Healing the mm-hmm. healing power of pets and just what they bring to the table, in, in yes. terms of mm-hmm. just us becoming better or feeling better. Right, and right. So mm-hmm. you've had these experiences where you not only connect with animals and, and pets, but you've been very successful um, in the corporate field. You know, climbing the the corporate ladder, so to speak. What are some? What were some of the difficulties? Or um, how did you overcome some of the difficulties that you had while you were trying to have, you're balancing this corporate world with your your passion and love for animals? Um, You know, actually, I think the corporate world at that time, because of the travel that I had as well, I didn't have pets at that time. Mm. So... It was, I think, as a result of the corporate world and leaving it that I began to tap back into that and have the time to spend with my with my dogs. But um, I think the key um, that was important for me during that time and my success were were mentors and sponsors. Mm-hmm. So people who saw something in me. Um, and I was fortunate to have a lot of mentors and sponsors, uh, you know, um, I, I was always curious, um, you know, uh, and so there was something that they would just, I don't know what it was that the, these people in the organization would come to me and help me and um, give me advice. Uh, so I thought I, I am so very grateful for the people who, who have been in my life to, to, to do that for me, including the then CEO and chairman of YF. I mean, he he was just awesome. He was so down to earth. Mm-hmm. And my parents also, my parents and my brother, my family, very supportive the entire my entire journey, except, you know, when I made the decision to leave corporate America, um, I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want anybody to talk me out of it. Family has a way of uh, doing that. <laughs> like, wait, what, yes, you know, yes. what you mean you leaving this? You got benefits? <laughs> right. Benefits. Your salary's great. I didn't want to hear one word because I didn't want them to talk me out of it. Yeah. Follow passion. You follow what money <laughs> be passionate about making money and having benefits but it just is i think it's just a a time and you know that's unfathomable you didn't you didn't get a job to pursue your passion you got a job to work to to provide for yourself and your family right so just being able to change that mindset and now you're at a point where now you're pursuing what you are passionate about and what you are interested in so i'm I'm pretty sure those were some hard conversations I mean, they were, but okay. So at the time when I made that change, I can't. I yeah, I think my yeah, actually, when I did decide to leave corporate, my mother at that point, my 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 father had passed, and my mother was already in. You know, um, her dementia had already started, and you know, it, 
I didn't really have that conversation with her. I more so had the conversation with my brother, and he looked at me like I had ten heads. He's like, what? You No, you're not leaving, really? See, that's why I knew not to say anything ahead of time, mm-hmm. because I knew what the reaction would be. But um, everything, there's a reason for everything in our lives. um, There's a reason why everything happens to us and shows us certain things about ourselves that allow us to grow and really direct us where we're meant to be, to be be the happiest we can be. Right, definitely. If we decide to go that path. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just you're paving your path, you're pursuing the things that you want to pursue, and you've had so much um, uh, mentorship and guidance along the way. For you, how are the ways that you find yourself giving back or, or providing that, that type of mentorship? Um, for me, it's innate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, whether I do it, you know, daily and I see somebody who can use help with something. Um, I also did it with, um, you know, my sorority, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, that we have a, a program for girls. And so mentoring them um, is just, it's, it's important to me. As a matter of fact, one of the people who is a new initiate remembered me from when she was in our program when she was about 12 years old. Um, and I was like, oh, my goodness. You remember from back then? Uh-huh. Um so I and, and even now, you know, I, 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 uh, you know, I'm I'm working on my book that I want to get out about these relationships between people and pets. I want to host a fun television show about people and pets, and it's not coming as quickly as I would like. But in the meantime, uh, I want to make a difference, and so what I do is also sub in a um, a school district that's nearby here that has um, black and brown kids. So I want them to know my story so they know what's possible for them. I love that. I love that. Because that's something you don't always necessarily see in the community and you hear someone's like, I want to be a veterinarian or I am a veterinarian. Or we don't see the possibilities of how we can kind of incorporate our love for animals into our everyday today. So um, yes. Yes. If you could uh, have, if you had the opportunity to talk to people, and um, what advice would you give someone who is interested in ways in which they can incorporate animals more into their their um, their careers or their lives? Oh, there's 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 a few different ways. I mean, either they want to pursue um, veterinary medicine, um, and the field is looking to further diversify the individuals within it. There's 2%. Uh, still, when I graduated and now, 2% of the veterinary population is African-American. Oh, Only wow. 2%. Wow. So if they want to do that, if they want to be you know, a veterinary technician who assists the veterinarians, or if they want to work in a zoo or animal behaviorist or, you know, a groomer there's so so many different avenues to take uh, a doggy daycare place this you know there's so many things to do that you especially now again that dogs primarily are becoming um 
an integral part of people's lives. So there's so many with these new things, these this evolution of animals becoming a part of our lives. There's a there's a number of different paths that people can take. Yes. So there. So everyone out there, you have options. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's yes. a lot of different mm-hmm. ways that you can incorporate your furry fur babies and fur friends. <laughs> Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've you've uh, you've connected with so many people throughout this time. What do you feel like for you is the most um, and what is a how, how has it inspired you or what has been the most inspirational or inspiring thing that uh, has come from working in this uh, in this field? Oh, I. I can't even, I can't even pick one. I mean, when I think about, um, you know, animals that were saved from, you know, surgeries that I, that I did on them, or, you know, I remember my first surgery, I was up all night wondering if the animal would live. And the reason I say that is because it was, I had to open up the intestines and the intestines are full of bacteria Mm -hmm. so i'm wondering making sure that the that the abdomen is is clear and free and you know make sure i was just a wreck i was really concerned so having you know successful surgeries and seeing um pets come out you know and do well beyond that um you know having fun with the technicians who who supported me Mm -hmm. i remember i was doing a pig surgery and there was this song that I liked that was out there. And this is how long ago it was. It's called um, um, Roll Rock Skate. Rock Skate. Roll Rock Skate. And mm-hmm. so here I had this song that was quite popular then in the African-American community. And I had this Italian <laughs> technician listening and learning the words. And we would just go, you know, roll, bounce. I mean, that's in there. And so she would do that. In the uh, in the surgical uh, suite, so whether it was that or either talking to people, doing um, you know motivational talks about either the cases that I had or um, inspiring people to go into the field of veterinary medicine, um, you know, I mean, I there were there's so just so much. I I can't I can't even just pick one. Um, I I've been fortunate to have a lot of great memories and experiences. Yeah, that's wonderful. I love, I just, I just love that, you know, when you can just have those impacting moments and, 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 and cross cross cultural moments and, and all those things when you can just combine your passions and, and share that with uh, people, especially when, music is always a way to bond people, music and animals. Yes. They, they have a yes, way of, that's just, right. of really connecting us all. Um, yes, yes. So, Nett, you've you've worked in this field for quite some time. How has the work that you do now changed your thinking about your ability to impact others? It hasn't changed it at all. Because I have been fortunate enough to see how people... It's not that I see it. They tell me it. They mm-hmm. they. they verbalize it and tell me whether it was audiences that I I spoke to about believing they could have career success believing 
and, and, and navigating the corporate waters, you know, those can be quite difficult for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't go into that meeting with your neck rolling and your head, you know, uh, with any kind of attitude. Um, whether it was people who just had, you know, sensed that I believed in them when they didn't believe in themselves. So my high is when I can, when I'm doing motivational speaking, when I'm impacting people's lives, because my point is I want people to realize that they're here to, that they can enjoy life if they just change what they're thinking or change what they're doing and kind of instilling that in them because my goal is to make the world a healthier, happier place for people and pets. That's what it's about. Yes. Happy, 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 happy pets, happy life. <laughs> I, right. I, absolutely. I, I love it. I love, I love just being, just animals just bring you a certain level of joy that you just don't always, sometimes even more so than kids. Not that, not, not, not yes. kids. But <laughs> right, right. Uh-huh. But it's, it's, a little, it's a little different because, you know, but I thought, I've even seen the, the characters when you see, like, sometimes the animals, they, I, I, I never saw until I started to see people with animals. Animals can throw tantrums too. Just like a kid. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. But they bring such a smile mm-hmm. to people's faces, whether they have them or they're watching. Like if I'm walking my dog, they watch and then it brings a smile to their face. If they're driving by, they're not looking at me. Yeah. Again, <laughs> I'm simply the one bringing Molly around and they're looking at her and smiling as they drive or walk by. Right. Um, it's so interesting that, that, that when you have that and it's just like, you, I, there are people where I can't remember the name of the owner, but I remember the name of the dog. And every time I see the dog, I'm so excited. But if I saw the owner without the dog, I probably wouldn't remember. Like, who is that? That looks familiar. <laughs> Until I see yeah, that animal. Yeah, right. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. I don't remember people's names, but I remember their dog's names. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, <laughs> so. I feel so bad. I moved into this apartment complex recently. And I know it's like, I see this person all the time. But I, the minute I see their dog, it's like, huh. It's such a sight. I'm so excited. <laughs> but I was like, I wish I could get as excited as Those are the people that you have the conversations with. But your animals yeah, have a way of yeah. doing that for you. That's right. That's right. They know. They know. Mm-hmm. So what are your some what are some things that you are excited about that are gonna be coming down the pike for you with or some things that you're really excited about connecting with and, and combining this love of 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 your career and animals and and getting the messages out about uh listen oh sorry go ahead Mm -hmm. yeah look that's it that is it right there um you know this is the part of my journey that has taken the longest uh but there's you know listen everything is in divine time Mm -hmm. so for me is the book the book and getting that published it's not for me me it's not about ego it's about touching people's hearts when they read the book Mm -hmm. um and then it's also like i said i want to host a fun television show about pets um we need that because there's so many negative right exactly what you said there's so much negativity on tv that like i said it's for me it's about uplifting people Mm -hmm. um and so whether the television show does that the book does that, I, and, and that's why I think it's also taking a while trying to figure out. 
I really want a, a big publishing house to um, take up the book because I feel like they have the tools to get it out there in a the world better than I could. Um, and then the TV show, again, you know, I just have to connect with the right person who will hopefully be the one to make that happen. Yes, and it and it can definitely happen. And I would be so excited. I can't wait to tune in. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh. That oh. is so that is awesome. And I know you're going to thrive and, and continue to just get that message out there and spread that love uh for and just animals just bring us so much and you know, yes, for you to yes. focus on that and to 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 spread that that awareness and that knowledge is all inspiring. And um, I think you, you know, hopefully that others are inspired who have also thought about connecting and and figuring out trying to find how can they pull out their passion and, and with animals and, and continue to spread love with that, too. So, yeah, hopefully yeah. They're well, able thank to- you. Thank you. And I hope so. Listen, it took me a while to figure out what I was doing in this part of mm-hmm. my journey. I mean, that's the that was the hardest part was what do I do next and figuring out what that is. And so, like I said, everything happens for a reason. There were different things that had to happen to me in order for me to get that clarity. But I have these five principles that I always tell people and I had to use those principles myself, which are believe sacrifice um believe sacrifice focus tenacity and positivity believe sacrifice uh tenacity focus and positivity right Mm. so believe that you can achieve what you want to achieve be willing to make sacrifices to get you there like if you have a big exam coming up you know you have to study and not maybe go to one of the best parties of the year you have to have the focus keep your I always keep your eye on the prize that you want to get. Tenacity, just stick to it, right? Stick to itiveness, right? Stick to it, stick to it, stick to it, and you'll get there. And positivity, keeping positive people around you who will encourage you along the way, even sometimes when you feel like you're not going to make it. They're the ones who are going to speak to that seed within you to keep you going during those tough times. Um, and that's important. You don't want negative people. You know what? That's really hard. Why don't you pick something else? No, no. Get those are the, they, those aren't the people you need to have in your life. Exactly. So, I love that. Um, I love these little gems. All of that. Oh, you, positivity you. is and being and keeping positive people. It's not just you being positive, but having positive right. people around you. That's going to yes. be the key to your success. People who are your cheerleaders, who are encouraging you and pushing you forward. That's what you need. You don't need the negative names. That's right. All right. That's right. I like that word. Negative man. That's right. Negative Nancy. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, this is the, the section where I like to kind of do some ask some random questions just so the, mm-hmm. the, the listeners can can learn a little bit about you, um, a little bit more about you. That's a little off off topic. So, OK. All right. No worries. So here we go. All right. OK. So what is your go to? Pump it up song. Oh boy. I have 
so many, but see, I I don't know if most people will know this. I love house music. Okay. So okay. house music, um, and I was trying to remember the, oh, I cannot remember the name of this song. Um, there's a song by like coffee, black, it's coffee. Um, okay. Oh my God, I can't remember who it's by. Okay. What's that? I was like, I, I was just one call. I don't want no sugar in my coffee, but I don't know if that was a, it no. was, um, it was more of like a foot stomping thing. I don't think it was. A... Um, yeah, I can't, it's, it's I can't remember. Uh, yeah. Uh, I really, anyway, Superman, Superman is the song okay. that they made. Okay. It might be black coffee, Superman, um, Superman. Um, and there's another house music song. This was out a few years ago. The the music sounds better with you. I just love house music. It's just so okay. happy. That's all. Yeah. It's, it's happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a, I like mm-hmm. I love the dance and the, and the beats and everything. I think yes. I'm really yes. I was a uh, uh, into the early 90s. I was really big on CC. Yeah, I was going and- everywhere. <laughs> yes, yeah, CC. Yes. I was going everywhere. Now I live. Then I was living in New York City. I would go out to Newark because Newark's a big house music um, uh, community mm-hmm. in New Jersey. You know, so I was in the city. Then I was going to Newark, and you know, I, and coming home at these early hours in the morning, but traveling far and wide. If it was a good DJ playing house music, yes, yes. When you got the DJ, if the DJ is right, it doesn't even matter. You, you could have bad food. <laughs> that's right you know, that's right you, but if you got a good dj and can get people yes. on the dance floor success that's right success that's, that's all you right need. uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> right. so you you were in this uh animal um profession where you've been in the boardroom and you've been um a veterinarian what profession other than the one that you have would you would it, you think it would be fun to attempt that's a hard one, but I will tell you one of the things I do love, and maybe if I did it, I think it would be, I I don't know how fun, fun it would be, but I would thoroughly enjoy it, so I love when I travel, I love going, to, I will look and see where the sacred sites are at that location, mm-hmm. so when I went to Ireland, I went and traveled by myself, I, I went for a meeting, and then I went from around the coast most of the coast and I look for the sacred sites the locations there and we'll go um when I went to uh uh Sedona uh when I went to you know any any country that I visit I try to find those sacred sites so being able to talk about those sites to people I think I would thoroughly enjoy being in that space of visiting in Egypt most importantly oh, Egypt at that time yes. I didn't even know it was a, a, a you know it had the energy that it has and I would like to go I usually don't like going back to the same place because I want to experience others but um I that's why I need to go back because I'm in a different place spiritually that I would like to go and experience Egypt again Oh, I would love to experience it too. So I have to experience mm-hmm. vicariously through you. So if you do, put okay. a lot of pictures on Instagram if that's if that's still the okay. place of choice, so that I can live through you. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> I would love that has been my dream place to go is Egypt. Always. Yeah, it's phenomenal. It is just we, my roommate, college roommate, and I went with one of our professors at Cornell. 
um, I went there undergrad, and he was an Egyptologist, so he knew the like. He went three or four times a year, so we went during one of our um, breaks, you know, winter breaks, and went there for like two weeks, and it was just especially hearing things from him and why just you know there was a difference between his knowledge and the knowledge that we got from the -the run-of-the-mill uh you know tour tour guide it was just amazing yeah yeah when you get a good when you get somebody who can really show you around that's even Mm -hmm. that even adds to the experience yes absolutely definitely definitely i love it um yes. what have you read or listened to recently that has inspired you? Last question. <laughs> inspired me. Uh, inspired me. Well, I could tell you what I'm reading now, but I haven't inspiration. I guess it I think it inspired it inspired me to get back to what I love doing, which is meditating, but in the mm. morning I have no it's called medium mentor and they talked about the importance of um meditating and what in the morning when i'm subbing i get back i just have enough time to get up and um you know then get ready to run out the door to go to to sub in the schools you know walk my dog take my dog to the dog sitter for the day so she can play and then you know get out the door so then i end up reverting back to doing it maybe in the evening but sometimes the days get away, so I don't do it as much as I should. And I miss that because mm-hmm. that's my favorite time of the day is meditating. Mm, meditating, yes. It's one of those things where I would, I, I know I need to do it. And I think I will mm-hmm. find it beneficial. But I haven't yes. mastered meditating and staying awake. I I'm one of oh, the very interesting. I fall asleep. So wait, are you sleeping or are you in between sleeping? Like, I think like, I'm like an in between. Like it's just yeah, I think you are too for some reason, and that's eventually what happens to me, really. But I'm not sleeping though. Yeah, I'm just in this deep meditative state that I don't even remember what happens. Mm-hmm. That it, you know, but then and it always is just about twenty minutes, um, and then I'm back again. Yeah, me, I but but I, I did do a sleep study years ago, and they said I fall asleep so fast. They did a study. And the fastest I fell asleep was eight seconds. So I don't know. Wow. I need some of that because I don't even sleep through the night. I said, oh, I would just love to be able to sleep through the night or go to sleep sleep through the night. Oh, okay. But I do fall asleep. I can't at moments fall asleep very quickly. I would love to fall asleep. I think it was like I had excessive daytime sleepiness. So I don't know. I haven't figured out meditations yet where it doesn't put me Mm -hmm. to sleep. But yeah, uh, yeah. Or, or in this deep, weird stage of not deep sleep, but not quite conscious mm-hmm. enough to remember it. But um, right, right. Yeah. So, oh, my gosh, I've loved it. I really enjoyed talking with you and, and getting to know you oh. a little bit better. This has been really fun. Um, oh, <laughs> I'm so glad I had a good time, too. Awesome. And guess what happened that um, with the food trucks, the event that my sorority had is ended up raining. So, oh, see, see, that, see, I was meant to be were here in the right place because <laughs> you would have That's been out right. there. I the left rain. at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. I am so glad that you 
have come on and graced us with your presence. It's been amazing. Oh my gosh. So um my pleasure. For for the listeners who I know you got some different places going on. Where can if listeners want to learn more about you or connect with you, where can they uh, where can they go? They can go, um, I'm on Facebook, um, Daphne Mobley, and in parentheses it says Dr. Daphne Mobley. I'm on Twitter at D-R-D-A-P-H-N-E-M-O-B-L-E-Y. Also, my website um, is Doc, D-O-C, Daphne, D-A-P-H-N-E.com, and you can contact me through my site, and then there's all about my background there. And you'll see different things about pets as well. All right. All right. So, everyone, you have heard it from the source. I will be sure to put all of those links in the description. And once again, I just want to thank you, Daphne, for coming on. You've been a wonderful guest. And you've uh, gave us a lot of things to think about. And hopefully some people out there who have been wanting to, you know, figure out how they can connect with their animals and do things that they love. In, in some way or capacity, hopefully this has inspired them to go out and do that. So thanks again. I hope so. Yeah. You're very welcome. Yes. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure. Yes. And thank you to the listeners who tune in every week and, and um, I continue to all around the world. I really appreciate you all. I want you to continue to tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. for a new episode. And remember to hit the subscribe button so that you won't miss any additional episodes. And until we meet again, I'm your host, Nikki C. And remember, it's time to get back to dreaming again. If not now, then when? All right.